Welcome, guys, to the MMOs.com podcast. This is episode 90, and this is Altai, joined this week by... Amir. Gumbo. Matt. And we are missing one. It is just for this week. Shu couldn't make it. But as always, we are going to start off with the weekly raid, and we got a lot of other fun stuff to discuss <laughs> afterwards. So take it away, Sean. Uh, this week's weekly raid is fairly straightforward. We're really just asking... Should developers sell gold themselves? You know, it's almost impossible to stop the black market of gold sellers in games. Any new release we go into, we always see the chat spam, buy gold at MMO, whatever, attack, ATCK.com. Even on private servers, you find it. So is the solution just to have developers uh, turn around and sell the gold themselves? And I, today, recently, Blizzard upgraded their WoW tokens. Already, you could... Uh, buy a 30-day game token and sell it on the auction house for gold. But I'm wondering, you know, now that Blizzard has had this system for a while, and Eve, I think, you know, Eve has had it for a couple of years now, is this the trend? And does it actually work? Uh, well, doesn't the black market just undersell the uh, stated prices? So I wanna, I'm curious what everyone's opinions are. I want to correct you real quick. Uh, <laughs> what you just described, what WoW is doing, Eve is doing, is not them selling gold directly. They're selling no, a premium correct. service, a currency, which people can yeah. then sell for gold and vice versa. Sure. Okay. And I think that's actually a good enough uh, hand washing. You know, like the, the left hand. What do they call it? What's this thing? The ha right hand pays the left or something. That little obfuscation there is pretty good. It's a good It's a good gimmick. You know, at least it feels like the players are involved in the process then. Mm -hmm. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and say that they should do it. And the reason is because, I mean, I don't know how many people get scammed by quote-unquote gold sellers on a regular basis, but, like, just the simple fact that they're doing it officially means that people will not go to these outside sources. It won't thrive. I mean, there there will be a few people still that are like, I got to get the best deals, but the average person <laughs> is just like, whatever it's here you know it's simple i can just use my yeah. exact same payment info i mean i can just click a button and i've got gold i mean so the average person is not going to go outside of that and i think that that has value on its own so um all right and, i mean i don't think it's a simple question because i think a lot of people get very passionate about this i think a lot of people get very heated over this well, I mean, I think the other thing is if the developers are selling it, there's no reason to get heated because they'll balance their game around it, ideally. So just to clarify then, Matt, is your position uh, in support of the current system in WoW and even stuff where... Yeah. Okay. Because remember, this means that this is a two-sided two bonus here because not only can the payers get gold, but they can the, the non-payers have an opportunity to buy that premium service, whether yes. it's game time Yeah. Or, yeah, okay. So well, that... I mean, that's what I mean by selling gold. I mean, the other thing is the the system only works as long as people are allowed to or a, willing to pay for it. That's mm -hmm. the thing. Mm -hmm. So I mean, with this system, the people by buying it are saying that they want it. And we've seen this in many games, uh, not just even WoW, you know, a lot of the Neverwinter, uh, cryptic games that, you know, you can buy the Black premium. Desert. Yeah. Blade and Soul are free to play. You know, well, Blade and Soul is free to play. So before we before we continue that discussion, what about Blade the Blade. what about the other side where you just buy the currency, in-game currency, right from the storefront of the shop of the of the can't of the, do it. For example, a lot of mobile games, uh, there's no you know, real interaction. There's no trading. Instead, you just yeah. buy the currency straight from the you know publisher developer. Uh, where do you guys stand on that? Like, imagine <laughs> you could just buy WoW gold from you know Blizzard.net. It's funny that you say that because it's as if you need that two-step process to to make it not seem um, 
wrong. You yeah. need to buy some type of in-game currency like jewels and then exchange that for gold to make it acceptable. Mm. Whereas if you buy the gold directly, all of a sudden it becomes a problem. And I don't know if I see much of a difference. There, there's the, the difference is that when you buy it directly from the developer, there's an unlimited supply, but when you buy it from another player, it's only as many as they're willing to pay for. Right. Are you guys okay? If the developer would sell an infinite quantity, where do you guys stand on that? So let's say you can literally just buy it from the developer at a, at a fixed price. It depends Are you guys on the okay game. with that? It, let's it say World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft. Hmm. Last or I recall, Warcraft. gold doesn't do much in World of Warcraft. Like... You can have all the gold you want, you still won't have, like, the highest tier of gear. Right, so as long as your game remember. has systems in place that make it so that you can't spend the in-game currency to uh, max yourself out, then I guess it's not an issue. Right. What about what about a game like... Uh, I do I do agree with, agree with you, Matt, because I think World of Warcraft, the gold is pretty meaningless, right? And even in Final Fantasy XIV, it's pretty meaningless. But uh, what about a game like uh, Blade and Soul? Or a game like Black Desert, where currency is, is very important in the game, to a point where you can upgrade your gear... Or, or in, in, in Blade and Soul, you upgrade your gear, and you have command over all the loot drops so you can outbid everybody else. What about a well, game like that? Blade and Soul, it's kind of tough to say because the PvP like that matters, the arena PvP, it's yes. equalized, and people can easily opt out of the open-world PvP. And I, mm. I am convinced, still, that there's no such thing as a pay-to-win PvE experience. It doesn't exist. People just got to get over the fact that other people can one-shot things. Hold um, on, hold on, hold on, Matt. Uh, listen, let's say... Let's say you're let's say you're not a PvP gamer, right? Let's say you're playing Blade and Soul for the PvE experience, right? And let's say we we run a dungeon together, and I happen to be a I spend a lot of real life money, so I have let's say I have ten billion gold, right? And this item drop that you need, and I will, and let's say I outbid you on it. Don't you feel cheated that I got the item and you didn't just because I paid, and you spent hours of your time mm. trying to get that item? No. But come because on, it's, hmm. because someone actively outbid me on it. But he outbid you by buying the gold. It's worth that much, whatever. But, you, but you're it. playing that game, and you want to get the item and get stronger. You know, you're, your eventually PD you're experience end, is diminished. Okay. But eventually you're going to end up with somebody who's not going to outbid you. You just got to be patient. But then, 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 then can you, is that fair then, for you to just you know, have it to like pass up all the loot until you find somebody who can't outbid you? Because they, look, if they outbid you without spending cash money, that's different. That's understandable. Well, that's, that's just where I stand on it, okay? All right, there's that's no, fair. Yeah. There's no changing it. I'm I'm just saying, you know, it is I can understand their perspective, right? When they're buying uh the gold directly from the company. But I do accept that I think it's a necessary evil to accept that the the, the middleman thing. I I agree, it's not perfect, right? Because games like Blade and Soul, games like Black Desert, there is an advantage, right? You are literally using real life cash to get an advantage, although not directly from the developer with the current system, right? But it's a necessary evil. It, you know, it's because it's gonna happen anyway from the third party gold sellers. But if the company itself is selling directly, I have a, I have a personal problem then. That's my, that's my cutoff. You know, if the company itself sells infinite quantities of in-game currency, and you're not buying it for another player, then I see a big problem. But I do understand the frustration of people in games like BDO and in Blade & Soul, as is currently. Because you could, be a, you could be playing that game for the PvE experience, and I agree. You, I mean, even though PvP is balanced, you might not care about PvP. You want to run your dungeon, you want to get your, you want to get your loot, but you can't because somebody paid money, and he literally stops you from getting it. All right, but to defend the other side of that, like uh, I, uh, you guys know, I'm kind of on Matt's side on this, more so. And you know, I grew up playing those old school PvP games in high school, right? Where I thought, you know, the better player wins, right, in PvP. But that really isn't the case, you know. 
if I'm playing against a 30 year old guy who just got home from work, he plays a couple hours a day, there's no way he's on an equal setting with me, right? If I'm playing 12 hours a day. Yeah. So I don't see that as any less fair uh, than him just being able to catch up to me with uh, by buying the, the progress. So that's my take on it. And, and here's the thing neither should affect your gameplay. If you want to uh, just grind 12 hours a day, get the max level stuff that way. You know, you must be enjoying it. If you're not enjoying the 12-hour grind, right? That's the game. If you're telling yourself you're 12-hour grinding so you can have fun later, you should stop doing whatever no, you're doing. No, I, I, that's different. There. Let's say we're in a dungeon together, and you literally, let's say I, you know, you literally get cheated out. Not cheated. Mm -hmm. You you don't get the gear you want purely because the guy paid for it. Now, is that more than your experience? I would argue that uh, a either don't group with him if you know that he's he's, he's a. You don't know. Okay. Two. Then I would say there's a game mechanic problem that it doesn't do a good job. Uh, segregating equal power players and remember having lots of gold is a power uh uh indicator so the fact that i queued for example with a level 10 with a billion gold versus a level 10 with two gold that's a power imbalance in some way i don't think it can easily distinguish that i mean the gear might be equalized otherwise and he's just trying to you know mm -hmm. you know just beat you on all the all the all the loop beds that is an interesting system and i think only uh uh Blade and Soul, Blade and Soul yeah. has that feature. It, it is a cool system, actually. To, to recap, guys, if you don't know, in um, most games when you get like a rare drop, it says it's a need for an agreed roll, right? Where in Blade mm -hmm. and Soul, you bid gold. So the guy with the most gold can get everything he wants in a, in a dungeon. And you, can, you everyone else can get nothing, but they do get a split of the gold that he bid. Um, so it's a very weird system. I've only seen it in Blade and Soul. I don't know if they focus test that. And I, don't, I don't know if people like that. I, I, I don't know. It's just weird. The idea was that, you know, even if you don't get the item you wanted... The guy who outbid you. So let's say there's there's only two of us, and he bids 100 gold, and he gets the item. But then the 100 gold is divided by everybody else that didn't get the item. So there's three players that each get 50 each, and you you know, you paid the 100 gold for the item that way. But so there's some game yeah, theory there that yeah. that allows free players to make a lot of money uh, by gouging uh, the you know the few payers out there. But provide they have the money to even bid it up. You know, yeah. that's a lot of people are broken that game. You know, let's say you run a dungeon and you have like. 20 gold, right? And an amazing item drops. You can only bid up to 20 gold, and he might bid up to a thousand if you. He, maybe he was going to bid up to a thousand. But, but, so every dungeon run, you can double your gold then, potentially. Huh. But then you're risking it. if you don't want the item and you're actually bidding it to to gouge that guy. He might not want it either. And I mean, that could be fun. It could be like a skill kind of challenge to see how much you can, you know. But I I agree with you a bit more in Blade and Soul because you you know, you're not directly always affected by the power. Either you can't be PK in the wild. You know, the guy's got higher tier upgraded weapon. And higher upgraded gear than you, he can still kill you in, in the open world if you're not paying. Mm. But ultimately, I am okay with the system that as long as you have that middleman and you're buying from other players, it's okay. It's a form of transaction between players, right? But the developer is selling gold directly. I, I see it as a problem. So in a in a game like Blade and Soul and uh, Black Desert, Aaron, do you see that as a problem? I think Matt said it wasn't it wasn't a problem. The, the, no, not really. You don't see it as a problem oh, either. Company, okay. what about you? For me personally, it's not a problem. No. All right. But if, maybe, you wanna, if you want to create the perception of a, an even playing field in the eyes of the masses, right or wrong, then you want to avoid those situations. Um, well, not I'm not trying to counter what Aaron or Matt were just saying, but it does create a perceptual issue for your game. Look, uh, I think you can get away with it just fine. I want to summarize my point real quick. In, a, in an era. Where, uh, for example, Minecraft is a good example. You have servers with PvP. You have servers with, PV, you know, like disabled destruction of other people's stuff, right? Okay. It falls. So the the goal should be to create a broad tent with rules. So for example, the hardcore PvP, no spend money guys can all get together in like one corner of the map and have their own fun, right? 
without denying it or trying to impose it on other people and vice versa. So if you want to pay for free with your friends or your group, you can kind of do your own guild, like RP almost. You can't do that though. That is literally not how those mechanics are designed. The mechanics are designed so if you pay, you can beat those guys that don't pay. That's the reason. Don't interact pay. with them. No, no, no. Don't interact no. with those people. You can't create a world where those people can't interact. In fact, yeah, the can. reason they pay is because they can interact with people that don't pay. No, just just go to your own little town, like a de otherwise deserted area, and do your own thing. Like, but why would I pay for gold in Blade Soul if I'm only queuing dungeons with people that also pay for gold? So we're just we're just basically bidding at each other. The reason I pay for gold is so I can outbid the scrubs who don't pay for gold. That's <laughs> That's the mentality of, I, of people that are buying the gold. Don't don't use a queue. Just do your own thing. All right. I'm yeah. just saying the game. One of the selling points for those mechanics is that they're intermingled. You know. You know why pay to win if you can't stop the non-pay to winners? You know that's the reason people do pay to win. They want to get that rush of being OP. And you can't take that away from them. Otherwise, they won't pay. I, I don't think that's most people, but and we'll see. I don't know either. We're just you know mm -hmm. discussing. Wait, this this Oof. always creates a Oof. huge discussion. I mean, yeah. this is something that's always gonna. And even today, people don't agree at all that the people, some people say the system in, in Blade and Soul is okay. People say Black Desert is okay. And other people just absolutely go nuts over it. This is something that people will strangle each other over. So I don't think anyone has a, a silver bullet of a solution to make everybody happy. But the thing that I, I emphasize is these, these companies need to make money, right? Which is why I say the, the, the system that they currently have where you trade with other players is okay. Because you can't view these as like a... Like, in a perfect product, I agree with everybody that says you can't have those systems. If it was a perfect product, your ideal game, you're right. Those systems won't exist. But this is not the ideal. We don't live in the perfect world. All right. Who does live in a perfect world? Uh, everyone's favorite browser game, Ebony. There you go. So, by the way, if you guys have any opinions, we'd love to read them. Uh, as long as we get a couple, we can uh, uh, go over them next week and the week we raid. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you have your own strong feelings about developers selling gold or token systems, please let us know in the post. But if you guys weren't aware, this past weekend was the Super Bowl. And while I only watched the past the last three minutes, because I am a devout American citizen, uh, there was an extremely interesting aspect of the Super Bowl that was not part of throwing the old pigskin around. It was the everyone's favorite browser game, Ebony. Uh, if you don't know Ebony, it's a game where uh, you may have seen their advertisements all over the internet. It normally says, um, come play, my lord, and has a lewd woman, normally a blonde, scantily clad. And it has nothing to do with that. It's a browser strategy game. But they had a high-budget Super Bowl ad. I think, do you have that up there? Uh, it is running over there. But, uh, I mean, the ad itself is actually, it actually has a pretty good production value for an ad. And it really... I found it amazing that a company like Ebony can pay $5 million to buy a Super Bowl ad. It is absolutely nuts. Well, let's point out, after this ad, <laughs> Ebony, according to GameSpeed or VentureBeat, is the number five most downloaded iPhone game in the U.S. So, so ads work. Like, Super Bowl ads, ads work. Ads work. <laughs> but I think they're, they're advertising the incorrect way. I mean, they're, they're, this ad shows off these two medieval guys, you know, some people fighting. They're showing off some, like, potential. It's not gameplay, obviously, because the there's actors running around. But, like, it shows off the setting of the game. I mean, that's, that, that's a full 180 from Ebony's typical marketing strategy. I mean, just take a look at this, for example. Uh, this website actually shows you the progression of Ebony ads. So if you remember Ebony, this game was around uh, back in 2009. They were really advertising everywhere. And look at those first few ads that they have. It is truly remarkable where they started and where they ended up. Because their first ad is a guy with a, with, a, with, a, with, a, with a sword, and he's wearing armor. And the game is called Ebony Free Forever. And then I guess their marketing people were like, wait a minute, we can't show off a night. We should show off a little lady. So now there's a girl 
you know, she's got a little busty, but she's like in the background. It says, for free, start your journey now, my lord. And it's slowly progressing. And look at that progression slowly as you go from normal ads to just the progressively more and more sexualized ads. And I guess they, they keep seeing their click-through rates increase when they go more and more like uh, more girls and less like actual setting and game. This is my this favorite is one, honestly. There's more revealing ones, but this one's my favorite. Play discreetly on your browser. Now, as why do you have to hide your little medieval city builder? It's not like it's not like a porn game. Like I don't understand. <laughs> well, they're, they're, trying, they're trying to imply that it's some kind of porn game oh. to make you click on it. My favorite by far is the just the chat, the best free web game play Ebony Free Forever. It is literally just a set of boobs, like right in your face. Like they cropped out the face, they cropped out the body. We got the good shit straight up. Nothing else. All right. Beautiful. These were all real ads back in like 2009, 2010. And I saw the progression from like normal ads to booby ads. And that is my, it is, this is the pinnacle of advertising. All right. It is literally just a rack. I want to point something out. I remember these ads, right? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I know people click them, obviously. But when I see, saw these ads, I immediately thought virus. <laughs> I never clicked them. I immediately thought this is a really? scam. This is a virus. I did Come not on. want to click these. You didn't click. I clicked on a couple of those Ebony ads because, like, no. I see the girls. I'm like, what is this I guess game? I, I'm curious. I have self restraint. I like this one right here. This is the sign up one where you just see her, uh, her boobs and body. Like, what How about this ad? Right? Is a game. Like, you look at this ad, right? It's like you think you're signing for like a porn site or some like adult site, right? I, I like the second one too. You can see the bottom half. <laughs> they cropped the head out. They realized the, the bottom one focused even better. You know, like who needs the head when you get the when you get the good shit? You know, boom. AB testing. Acid so, boob testing. Yeah. That's what it stands for. I think it's actually remarkable that um, the AB, like, I'm sure that they measured all their results. Actually, for a long time, Ebony was one of the biggest advertisers in, like, the entire internet marketing space. I have a friend that works in internet marketing. We talk about it, too, how much money they're splashing in the market. And because their ads were everywhere, like ESP, like every major website had their ads, too, as well as every gaming website. So I'm, I'm sure they test these ads really, really well because they weren't going to waste money. And every time they went skimpier and skimpier, you realize that, wait a minute, that, like, more people click on the ads. So, of course, you're going to make it skimpier and skimpier. So, if you're ever advertising in the future, guys, just slap a set of tits in there, and you're going to get all the clicks <laughs> from the guys, all right? That's the trick. All right, but the real winner, the real winner mm -hmm. of the Super Bowl is these three ads by World of Tanks developer. War yes, Game. I'm glad you brought it up. I was going to bring that up next. It's so good. Hold on. I'm dropping all three of them. Well, I'll see him. I actually haven't seen these yet, so. Oh, you're for a treat. Start at the top. The top, top one's the funniest, I think. Yeah. All right. Put on. Put audio too. I'll put some audio. I really haven't seen these, so first time. Oh, one sec. One sec. <laughs> What's the tank doing there? What? <laughs> what? I like the other. I like the. I like that one. It's my favorite. What are you putting on right now? I see they went with the, they went with the Kool Aid Man uh, technique of advertising. <laughs> just have some random shit happening, and then a tank just bursts in. <laughs> oh <so> yeah! <laughs> Even the voice they used, tanks rule. Yeah. It is definitely a Kool Aid Man uh, approach. Uh, they're like. It's advertised, guys. Who likes ad? What kind of ads do you guys like? Hmm, Kool Aid Man? All right, let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably how it went down, actually. Yeah. Hey, no, nobody beautiful. else has done the Kool Aid Man until these guys did it. 
That was pretty good. You know what this reminds me of their very first announcement trailer. Do you guys remember it? Uh, it was World no. of Tanks Orcs. It was like it was like there was orcs, right? So you thought okay, I found it, I found it. It's six years old, guys, this trailer. What do you guys think of this one? This is a, this is their first one. This is before anyone knew what World of Tanks was, so you just see orcs, right? You're like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Is that the we don't have orcs one? Oh no, that's not it. That was some other game. Alright, we see an orc with some arrows. Uh, yeah, Zenith, World of Tanks has a Super Bowl commercial. They spent $5 million on it, on each of those ad spots. How good is this ad? <laughs> this is actually really good. Oh, I remember what it was. Oh, that's what I was thinking of. This is so cool, this ad. It's just like, what's going on? They spent like the first like 90% of the ad on like orcs and archers and elves. <laughs> and that's what I was thinking of. Nowhere. I love it. Well, tanks do beat uh, orcs, all right? That's just that's basic logic. Dude, that's a holy trinity. You know, archers versus axemen versus tanks. Ta <laughs> tanks come out ahead. <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> I'm looking at the global agenda one now. But yeah, guys, you know I mean? World of Tanks makes a lot of money. It's, a it's actually one of the most successful uh, free-to-play games, like, ever. I'll tell you how much money that game makes. <laughs> the elf is just getting sniped. Well, that's pretty fun. I haven't <laughs> seen this one, actually. Um... Yeah, when they put out Global Agenda originally, they went on a... They had a big... They made a big deal about the fact that there were no elves. It was a sci-fi game. Hmm. They made a huge deal. Whoa, whoa. Sci-fi can have elves. Look at the Vulcans. Come on. There you go. Space, <laughs> space elves. I think a lot of people would like to disagree with you on that one. All right, World Tanks made $446 million in, uh, in 2015. So we're going to update these numbers when 2016 data comes out, but it's the fifth highest grossing uh, like PC game, online PC game. Hmm. So they can afford uh, splashing $10 million on Super Bowl ads. Nice. So that was actually, I mean, obviously the Super Bowl itself was, uh, was pretty interesting. I only, saw the last, I only saw the last quarter, so it was like the good bits of the game. I don't normally watch sports, but it was like the Super Bowl, and I was like, uh, I think it was after our Sunday Funday video, so I'm like, ah, I'll tune it on. So I watched towards the end. It was, it was it was actually pretty interesting. It was apparently probably one of the biggest comebacks ever. So didn't watch stuff. didn't watch a second of it. No, yeah, I'm no, not surprised. No regrets. <laughs> I'm just glad I saw the the ads. I, I'm still blown away that Ebony is making a comeback in 2017. You know, after all their crazy ads back in the day. You know, a lot of companies uh, managed to quickly catch on that mobile was like the way to go with their mm -hmm. a lot of the browser companies, and uh, <laughs> and all, they all make they're all doing pretty well with it. Some didn't catch on, and you know they kind of missed the boat. But uh, so while we're still on mobile a bit here, I want to quickly show this. This uh right. this college in California did a study on uh, gender uh, balance uh, in mobile games. And unsurprisingly, uh, girls tend to play Candy Crush while guys play Clash of Clans. I, I find that pretty interesting, if not obvious. 70% uh, skew towards Clash of Clans for men, and the complete opposite for uh, Candy Crush. So 70% of uh, people who spend money on Candy Crush are women. Wow. So, yeah, guys like competitive uh, like these no surprise fighting there. games, and girls like to waste time. That, that's, that was my... That was my takeaway. That, that, that's a takeaway. That's a takeaway. Girls waste time. 
Uh, we actually got some. Uh, we, something just came out earlier today, which I kind of want to mention too, because it's uh, it's still fresh. We do have the NCSoft Q4 earnings report. Uh, but first, before we get to that, we have some information on Lineage Eternal. This game is actually uh, they have a release date for South Korea. They're going to do another round of uh, of closed beta testing in the first half of the year, and then they're expecting an open beta slash launch for the Korean version sometime in 2017. But probably the most interesting bit is the Western release date. There's still no Western release date, but it's going to come obviously after the Korean one. But they will be launching a mobile and PC version of Lineage Eternal at the same exact time, which is something we talked about before and then they haven't mentioned at all since the original announcement. But will they be cross-compatible? I can't imagine not. Why not? We'll that was their whole gimmick, that, that was their, that was their yeah. gimmick. Yeah, that was their gimmick. I thought they abandoned it. I was like, I was 100% sure that they abandoned it. And then here it is. We're going on mobile. And I'm like, I'm looking at Lineage Eternal, like, how bad is this going to look on the average mobile phone? Like, I'm pretty sure that Mobius Final Fantasy scales down the graphics a little bit. So I, I don't know if they're going to do something similar or if it's just going to be only for, like, the top end of phones or they're just going to, it's going to look terrible. But, I mean, Lineage Eternal is a high-quality graphics game. I don't see it working exactly as is on mobile. I mean, take a look at the game plan mobile. I mean, there are there are some videos in the past, and I'm also showing some PC version too. You can see in a bit, but yeah, it's going to come out the same exact time. I mean, we finally have a concrete release date for the Korean version. Not concrete, but they said 2017 is their goal. So I'm expecting the West. A 2017 Western release is not out of the cards. It's still in the cards, but you know, it's either going to be early 2018 or late 2017, uh, is my guess. Hmm. I, I mean. I'm yeah. looking at these graphics, and I, I think mobile can pull it off. What, yeah, what I, I think, think so, too. What mobile is going to struggle with, I think, and, and it does with games like Ragnarok Online mobile as well, is it's kind of the interface. Like, um, I, I don't want to just click this wheel to uh, move and want to attack. It just doesn't feel fluid to me. <laughs> Maybe I'm just old. I don't know. You're just old. That, right. too. But I agree it's with you. It's literally just the way controllers work. It's exactly the same. It just feels awesome. Honestly, I can't. I, I can't imagine playing an MMO with a controller either. So I guess it's just me. Well, I mean, like games like Diablo work just fine on controller. Hold up, hold up. Who here has played Diablo with a controller? They have it, don't they, for console? Yeah, I, I played, played it, it though. Really? Really? You played? Oh my god! Why not PC? PC for the win. Old man Alta, yeah. That's like playing. That's like playing StarCraft for for console. Oh, the Star Trek That sucked. You couldn't handle the lag. On 64. All right. I mean, while I mean, uh, the good thing we do have a release date for the Korean version. Hopefully, Western one comes out soon. I'm hyped for it. I think everyone is really hyped for Lineage Eternal. Mm -hmm. I think that's by far the most hyped NCSoft game, isn't it? In the West, that's what people yeah. are interested about. Yeah. But there's information on Master X Masters coming out. Uh, another round of beta testing in Q2. So this summer, you can play Master X Master again. But the cool bit of information here is actually, um, as the earnings reports always come out, they do release these pretty slides showing off the revenue by franchise. So Lineage had an amazing jump. Uh, Lineage 2 is pretty flat, and most of their games are pretty flat, but there is one game missing. Can you guys see it? I'll take a wild guess. <laughs> uh -huh, there it is. Wild Star. Boy, that was good. Boy, Pun City over here. <laughs> Wildstar is no longer reported on the sales breakdown for NCSoft's earnings. Previously, every quarter before this, since the game came out, they broke down sales per quarter. <laughs> the most recent data we have is from last quarter, and well, Q3, where they had about uh, $958,000 in revenue. 
I mean, 958,000 may seem like a lot, but the whole company made $856 million last year. So for a company to make 958,000 a quarter for one of their games is, is nothing. It's a rounding error. It's not even close. Like it's an absolute tiny portion of their revenue. It's not even 1% of their revenue, much less. So, it, so yeah, it should be noted that this other category, which now includes Wildstar, uh, and you see a big jump here. So, you, so, you know, at first glance, you might think it's Wildstar being lumped mm -hmm. in here that's causing this jump, but it is in fact not the case. This is, this includes all their mobile games of which they had mm -hmm. a massive new launch, which did really well. And that's Lineage Red Knights here. Mm -hmm. um, so that fueled, it fueled the majority of this uh, jump in the other category. And to illustrate, actually, you see that number 32,097? That's on other sales for the quarter. Those units are in millions of Korean wands. So again, last quarter, Line uh, Wildstar had 1.1 billion Korean wands. So instead of 31, it's 32 now. That's all of Wildstar's numbers added to it. So it's like literally a tiny fraction, sliver of their other sales. But the big winner is Lineage, as it typically is. Look that how much money Lineage forever. 1 makes. <laughs> that is nuts. Uh, Blade and Soul's revenue for the full year was actually pretty good too. And they actually, uh, at the end of the year, they released some cool numbers. So this next slide is actually their sales breakdown yearly by IP. So, of course, Wildstar is not here either, but you can see how all their franchises are doing on a year-over-year -year basis because the quarter-over-quarter numbers are not always uh, accurate because there are fluctuations between quarters and there are more sales and whatnot between, you know, various periods of time. Here's a fun thing. Lineage mm -hmm. 2 and Lineage are two different IPs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they actually treat them like two different IPs. I mean, they have different games for, like, the Lineage 2 IP and mm -hmm. the Lineage IP. Just the weirdest shit. I and it applies understood. to their mobile stuff too, yeah. <laughs> Wait, uh, look at basically everything is you know increasing or flat. Uh, people are saying, "Why is Guild Wars two not caught?" Guild Wars two is doing much better. It's like if you look at Guild Wars 2's revenue in the last quarter, it doesn't look great. It was it was about 15 billion Korean wands, but that is 15 times more than Wildstar. Okay, 15 times more than Wildstar, and it's it's pretty close <laughs> to uh, Aeon too. Aeon did about 18 18 billion Korean wands. So Aeon and Guild Wars two are pretty close. Yeah, if I, really. Yeah. If I had to guess between what's gonna you know go next, it'd be Aeon, not Guild Wars two actually, because Guild Wars two is very expansion driven, you know, retail expansion mm -hmm. driven. So they have a new one coming up, so that's gonna boost sales, uh, I think, when that hits. As far as I'm aware, Ion's still doing really well, not here. Well, this is their global uh, number. Yeah, overall, it did. So it's it actually doing. Than... It's doing. Yeah, it's less than Guild Wars in a non-expansion year. You know, so. Well, and I mean, it yeah. also is doing just under Lineage 2, and Lineage 2 has been around for ages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I don't think either game is going to be cut mm -hmm. at all. I mean, 72 and 77 billion Korean wants are a good chunk of change. That's like, you know, again, 1 billion was about a million. So it's about $70 million a year. They're, 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 those, neither of those games are in danger of being cut. Yep. But yeah, this just came out today, so it's pretty interesting. I'm, I'm, every time we get these numbers, we'll update you guys on maybe the podcast <laughs> or the news video, but I always find them pretty fascinating, especially when they break down exactly how each game is doing. I find that really interesting. I mean, also, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to change topics. Never mind. Oh, one last thing. I would, my most fascinating to take away from all these every time is just how big lineage one still is. Look at that number over there. 375. That's, that makes it bigger than lineage two and Aeon, uh, and guild. Wars two. Add them yeah, up. Yeah, add them up. Yeah. So it, it's, that is, that is something, you know? Look at some sick lineage gameplay. I mean, you got to show some lineage <laughs> gameplay over here. Look yeah. at this. This game is carrying NCSoft, all right? Those damage charts are off 
the charts. All right. That is a really bad video, though. It is so yeah, you blurry. Found, uh, you know what? Let me do this. I got this. I got this. All right. All right. Here take we go. it. Take it. Guild take it War. Away. Guild War right here. All right. Let's see it. I have no idea what's going on. Oh, Didn't my God. Show this... off our, um, our extremely uh, fail Lineage 1 video. Oh, yeah. We did Lineage 1 for a sun what, Sunday fun day or something. We certainly did. I no, because that has four screens. Don't, don't, don't show that. Yeah, show this oh. one. This, this one's better. This one's awesome. Look at this Holy crazy shit. guild battle. Yeah, this guild actually looks pretty nuts. Like, I want to cast giants. I want to cast AOE spells with a huge crowd of people, right? Yeah, this this shows that the old games are still making bank, all right? Old yeah. games like Lineage make bank. How many new games could hold this many people on the screen and not lag? <laughs> or no, not many. There you go. When is Lineage sure 1 coming to Steam? Back in the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lineage 1 was on Steam. It was taken off? Yeah, it shut down yeah, in the it West. It shut down in the West. When yeah. is it coming back? I don't think it will. Not. I don't Nine think Dragons so, yeah. is still around. I actually, I oh. have Lineage on Steam. I own it. All right. All right, so before we get off the subject of finance, uh, there are actually two more things that we have financial related. So first off, Netmarble increased its profits, like its sales in total, by 40.4% this year. And... It is the first year, actually, that in the entire history of Netmarble, that overseas sales have accounted for more than 50% wow. of their sales. Which is mostly because Seven Nights did really fucking well in uh, Japan. So <laughs> that basically drove their overseas sales. And as you guys may already know, uh, Lineage 2 Revolution launched at the end of, um, like, in... At the end of last year, let's just say that. I can't remember exactly yeah. what it was. So um, it made a shit ton of money. It made $5 million on the first day and $40 million in the first two weeks. So it made a lot of money. So that is basically, nuts. they've had a lot of major games in the past year that have driven their sales up 40%. I mean, so it, it's, it's unprecedented. It seems they're making a lot of these lineage-based mobile games. Uh, so yes. I guess that alliance they had with uh, Netmarble and, and Seasoft is bearing fruit because they, they initially got into that alliance to kind of ward off Nexon taking over and Seasoft. So it looks like they made the right move there. I mean, also, I want to mention that the 41 millions over two weeks, I mean, that seems that's a lot of money. I mean, we, we've been playing Conan Exiles these last uh, week or two weeks, right, since it came out. That's a bit over a week. And Conan Exiles sold 320,000 copies at full retail price. That's 9.7 million, right? A game like Conan Exiles made $9.7 million, whereas Netmarble's Lineage 2 Revolution made $41 million in two weeks. In one day, it made over $5 million. So Well, you're in the next crazy. Oh, well, yeah, but, <laughs> but look at the comparison, isn't it? Isn't that nuts? Like, a mobile yeah. game can make that kind of crazy profits. This is why everyone's going to mobile. I mean, it's no surprise that no. mobile rush this year. And I just want to blow everyone's mind real quick. All right, so Netmarble, which is almost exclusive... Well, I think it is exclusively mobile now. Um, mm -hmm. If you guys don't know how much they make, they made $1.3 billion this year. That's more, that's more than NCSoft. That's more than NCSoft. Wow. That is a lot more than NCSoft. Uh, and, and that uh, was 890. It was close. Well, I guess it's they like should... 40% more. What are you talking about? It's close. They made the same amount last year. I guess, uh, guess you could rename them Net Mobile. Aha, uh -huh, <laughs> there you go. 
And uh, it was also noted that they're working on a few other properties that you guys might find interesting. They're making mobile games for Blade and Soul, Terra, King of Fighters, G.I. Joe. Um, and then they have all their other ones like Icarus M, Yokai Watch, Metal Wars, um, the Seven Nights MMORPG, Stone Age MMORPG, stuff like that. So yeah, I thought it was interesting that they're working on Blade and Soul and Terra. Mm-hmm. Nuts. Here's so, a... yeah, now that... <laughs> okay, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was going to move on to a new mobile game, so finish up if you have any... Oh, I was just going to... Since Omer ruined the next topic, which was <laughs> Conan Exiles, uh-huh. I just want to point out, this is the first really big win that Funcom has had in a while because they've recouped all costs in a week. Wow. Wow. That yeah, is, that is good. they recouped all development costs, which is like... I think this is the first time in Funcom's history that it's happened in a week. I mean, it's 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 worth showing this again. I mean, if look at this uh, look at this chart of Funcom stock, we can show off in the podcast uh, with the launch of Conan Exiles. Look at that massive jump. Basically, like at the beginning of the year, the company's stock was at one dollar sixty nine Norwegian kronor. Now it's at five thirty seven. Look at that. Put a one year chart. Look how nuts that looks. And that's all thanks to Conan Exiles. All right, Conan Exiles is saving this company. So we have a good gauge of their budget, uh, the cost of the game now. If one week recouped it. Around nine million. Yeah, yeah, nice. All right. <laughs> oh, you want to take another mobile one? Yeah, Afterwards, yeah. I got a fun Kickstarter. Sure. And you know, we were talking about how much money Netmarble is making with the lineage mobile games and whatnot. And I always thought, how frustrating must it be for a company like EA or even you know Blizzard, before Hearthstone at least, when they spent years and all this money making a game, right? And they could only charge sixty bucks for it once. And they're mm-hmm. watching these fly-by-night, worthless, bejeweled clones charging like $200 in a microtransaction shop, right? How, yeah. how seething and like angry must I make them? Uh, so EA finally caved. They're, uh, they have a mobile game called uh, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. It's a collectible card game RPG. And uh, they released some new heroes for this game, which cost $1,100 to get. <laughs> and you cannot, unlo- you cannot unlock them by playing the game. Uh, old heroes you can, the new ones you can't. $1,100 for one hero? Is it like really for broken? For the new one. The two, there's two new heroes uh, to make them. Apparently the way the game works is I guess a little bit like Clash Royale where you have to upgrade the same card multiple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this figure includes making the unit playable in PvP. So not just owning it. That's the, that's the gimmick here. But holy crap! I mean, I again, I think what you said is true. But I, I we, for the most part, we haven't seen Western companies kind of milking free to play the way we've seen a lot of Asian companies doing it. And I do agree, they are probably really envious and like kind of like upset that they can't monetize the same way these Asian companies can. Not just Asian too. Supercell is, is uh, what is it? Uh, Norwegian, Swedish? There's so many in, in fin- the Nordic Finland, area. Finland, Finland. There you go. That the fact that they can do it too, and like. I think we mentioned this before, like a game like Overwatch, like if you love Overwatch, you know, you love like Diablo 3, like how much money can you possibly spend in that game if you're ready to go all out? Not that much, you know, you can get everything pretty quickly. You can't spend more than like like $300 on Overwatch, like, and that's if you just go crazy and buy lots of loot boxes, like, and you'll get everything you want. So this is why they're doing it. Yep. I think we're going to see more and more, you know, EA, Blizzard, typical Take-Two, and all these Western companies embrace the model of, of, of milking the whales. I'm really looking forward to this year as the year Blizzard 
gives us a, a, a big mobile game since because they bought King last year, and we haven't mm -hmm. seen anything come out of that yet. And um, I, I they must be working on something behind closed doors right now. I just don't know what it's going to be. All right. Guys, I want to seize it for an interesting Kickstarter. Uh, it's look, I, I don't want, I'm not, it's not nearly as shitty as some of the other Kickstarters we covered in the past, but I think it's kind of funny. All right. So, I mean, we talked about what takes a good Kickstarter, what takes a bad Kickstarter. This, at least, like, look, you got to give these guys some credit. All right. Look at that gameplay video they're showing. All right. It's like RPG Maker or something. Right. But there's something. You see a character moving around, there's a little bit of combat. So, there's, there's something here. You know, it's, it looks like it's, it's, it's functional something. I mean, it, I think I think this is actually better than like the Unreal assets we've seen in a lot of like <clears throat> Kickstarters that raised like million, over a million dollars, all right? It's like Chronicles of Valyria and whatnot. But at least like there's there's something here. But what's really funny about this Kickstarter is some of their pledges and their official uh, website. So after you skim through the video a little bit, if you scroll down, you, if you pay if you donate a uh, dollar to them, if you mention five dollars to them, they will follow you on on, on Twitter. What a deal, guys! You want to get you want to get some expensive <laughs> Twitter followers? You donate five dollars to Eternal Chaos. And they're gonna follow you on Twitter. Right? Final chaos. I I, I can get chaos. a thousand Ethiopians for that price. Come on. <laughs> but I think my favorite part is look at their website. Okay, it's called Chaos Happens, and just look how disgusting this website is. This is like straight from 1999. Like, look at the free game on the App Store, Peaceful Conflict, free game, game breaking news, guys. Look at that game breaking news. That news is so intense. It's game breaking. I don't know. I've seen worse sites. What's wrong with the site? <laughs> this is so ugly. Look at the way the how many times they spam on the left side. It's not the pretty, but like I said, I've seen worse. But why does he have so, the loop on the left side? Like it's just it's like the same thing almost. It just seems nonsensical. Oh, some other game is, but not the one he's raising. I don't think the one he's raising Kickstarter money for is playable just yet. Oh, he's got a lot of games. Let's see. Let's see peaceful conflict here. Oh, it's like it's like a risk kind of game without any combat, and you you vote to see who wins or something. What? Wait, you guys are making fun of the website design, but you didn't even notice. Chaos happens with a Z. <laughs> <laughs> and look at that logo. All right, look, at least he's got something. I just I just thought it was the 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 website design was pretty silly. Though I actually would like a game that has the art style that we saw in his actual Kickstarter video. I like that like two D look, you know, the RPG Maker look a lot. So if, they, if somebody can make an MMO with that with that graphics, I think it might do decent, you know? All right, you know what? Even, there have been tons of games with those graphics, and they never do decent. I, I played... They got to have more substance, too. There was that other... Um, I did a first look video for it, too. It had the very Zelda graphics, but it, it was... I actually played it for, like, an, two hours after I did my video out of interest, but it didn't have, like, any depth. Anyway, I'm with you now, Mar. I, you know, I, I initially defended the website, but I tried to click a picture and browse through these pictures, and this has yeah. the most archaic interface for like these picture browsing that I've ever seen. Really? So I cannot, I cannot defend this. No longer defending them? No, I can no longer defend this. I'm sorry. Guys, chaos happens with a Z. But yo, if you want some, if you want some followers, just just give these guys five bucks. They'll follow you on, on on there. If you give a dollar, they give you a thank you email, and they'll give you their eternal gratitude. That's my favorite, eternal gratitude. All right. So like five years from now, if I find this guy in the street, I'll be like, yo. I'll be like, oh my God, thank you so much, right? Do I still get his eternal gratitude like 10 years from now? Let's see what the maximum donation is here. All right, 5,000. Hmm. What do you get for 5,000? Your name on one of the daily bosses. One of a kind icon on Chaos Happens forums. What? I think you meant forums? On forums. Like you, your contact 
form. You know, the submit button. It's got your name. It's kind of one of a kind icon. What? Beautiful, beautiful game right here. I, I like that. I like the where. Where does all the loot go? Right. Look at over the top bar, and they have they have twenty five percent go towards skillful programming. Not not that shitty programming, right? It's all about that skillful programming. Hey, what is it? What is a golden hammer? Ten percent goes towards golden hammers. All right, but I mean, at least they got something, right? They got something. I'm looking at the, some of the titles they worked on based on their website. I am hard. I'm, I, I find it hard to believe they worked on Medal of Honor. <laughs> they made a like mod. Other... They made a mod for it. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, it's not nearly as bad as some of the other kickstarters we've seen. But I just thought the website was hilarious. My favorite part is this pie chart you mentioned. This was this was made on like yeah. this was made on Microsoft Office 1995, <laughs> <laughs> along with the website and the game. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Maybe this game was actually in production back in 1995, and now they're just trying to revive it. Maybe which there explains you go. the webs. Because I when we see websites like this, and you know, it, it's I just can't fathom, you know, what the, the thought process behind it. I, I no. go ahead. Well, well, see, the thing is. He's on a Windows 95 computer because he couldn't upgrade because Extreme mm -hmm. Worlds doesn't work on 64-bit PCs. <laughs> they, need more, they need some more skillful programming, all right? That's what they need. They need to find skillful programming. Maybe it's avant-garde or something. It's just too cultural for us, and we just don't understand, like, uh, that the, the, the beauty and simplicity or, or beauty in, in scrolling text on a site with old games. That must be it. <laughs> You know that a game is trying too hard to have culture when even Sean doesn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, we have another old game to look at too, which is uh, pretty silly. We mentioned it earlier too, and I thought this was worth mentioning because Nine Dragons is coming back, guys. Nine Dragons. This game was originally published by Acclaim, Acclaim Games, ages ago, and I think when they shut down, I forgot who picked it up afterwards. Was it was Silver it Games? I think. I think I just looked this up today. It might like... be Games Campus, wasn't it? Game Cabas before Suba, I think, yeah. No, and then no, Suba. No. Red Fox is publishing. I know, but Nine before Dragon. that. Before, oh, okay. before that. Yeah, I think it was Games Campus, and then Suba Games was 2011, so it had to have been Suba Games first. Mm. Okay, and then and then and eventually, then games games, it, yes. The funniest part about this, I mean, it's not really the game coming back on Steam, that's really anything new. But if you look at, and you scroll down to their review section, right? Like, every game on Steam, a lot of games, they put quotes from critics praising their game, right? They find quotes and they say positive things that like you see on the movie posters, right? Like, breathtaking, dot, dot, dot. Uh, truly wonderful experience. Mesmerizing, right? You see that in the movie posters, right? And games will do stuff like that, too. And but look at the quotes they chose. Uh, I guess, I feel like, Gumby, you should take this because this is they quoted you. Um, I can't see it on the stream. Go ahead, just read it because I can't, okay. I can't right. see it. So, the top, the top review quote is, Nine Dragons is undoubtedly best past its prime. But its core gameplay manages to hold its own while innovating some mechanics through its mini games and wide variety of classes. So the match from MMOs.com. That, that is Gumby's review. That is, this is Gumby's quote right here, and the best part is the first few words. Nine Dragons is undoubtedly past its prime. There's no doubt. And the next quote is Nine Dragons is above average. So <laughs> you have imagine a movie imagine a movie poster. It's undoubtedly past its prime, but it's okay. And on the next line, eh, above average. You, I feel bad for them that they had to reach for those quotes. They couldn't find anything nicer to say, but that. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know why they do that, and it seems it's weird because the people that run Red Fox, 
specifically made Red Fox to like take over certain Games Campus games. Mm-hmm. You'll remember that one of the guys was an ex Games Campus guy. So I mean, clearly they give a shit on some level, right? Yeah. They form an entirely new company for games that aren't making like relatively as much money as the other ones without any promise of Black Desert in their future. You know what I mean? That happened, but there was no promise. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, to give a crap about the game and to take that entire quote and throw it on the page where everyone's going to read past its prime and go next in the queue, it's just yeah. like, what the fuck? But you could have found something better than that. I'm sure in Gummy's review, there was another sentence that's like more glowing they could have taken. But even the last quote, actually, that Mohut's quote, it's, uh, you know, Nine Dragons managed to add innovation to a tried and true formula. That's probably the best quote in there, right? It's positive. And you know who wrote that quote? That was Erhan back in uh, 2009. If you click on that link, it takes you to the Nine Dragons review on the Mohuts. In 2009, Erhan wrote that review. So it had, that was the most glowing part of that review. Oh, if, if only we wrote the second quote, too. We could, we could have dominated the Nine Page. Nine, yeah, nine Dragons. <laughs> We could have had all three. Yeah. Oh, I did write this. I forgot about this. <laughs> yeah, if you click on it, it'll tell yeah, you. It has my name on it still. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the game is coming back. I know Nine Dragons does have some fans out there, which is why Red Fox picked it up. But and now you can play it on Steam. It's really nice. It is just unfortunate that they couldn't find better quotes to put there. I mean, I, I like that they quoted us and they linked back to mos.com. But I mean, when you want to focus on your accolades, your, your good shit, you don't want to mention it's undoubtedly past its prime in there. You want to know Nine Dragons, like you said, has a dedicated community. And I, I didn't mind it because when as soon as I joined in, there was some veteran that was just waiting for new players. And they immediately try and teach you and talk to you. And people are passionate about Nine Dragons. But is that a sign of desperation? Like when you go to a newbie zone, it's like, there's like uh, 10 max level players just sitting there pouncing on every no. newbie that comes in. Let me help you. I got to say, I won't, I won't call it desperation. Just, I don't think you could call it something from the player desperation. It, it kind of, I don't know. It shows there's some type of. There's a, there's someone who wants to have a community there. Yeah. But if you don't know, Nine Dragons uh, is one of those games where you walk around and you come upon a field and you just see like 40, 50 mobs hanging out. I put a picture in from my playthrough. Mm-hmm. And then they're just hanging out in a corner, not doing anything. <laughs> and then as you walk around the Nine Dragons world, you just see pockets of mobs. They're just chilling stoically, <laughs> hanging out. They're called this, moon, this is called, what the whole game looks like. They're called Moonblade Kids. What the yeah. fuck? They're, they're timid Moonblade kids, right? They're just chill. They're so timid. They're just standing there with their with their weapons. Just they're just all meditating. There. Look, I have a rule of thumb. When a Steam game page refuses to show any actual gameplay, that's when I pass on it, all right? Look at those trailers. Every single video they show on the Steam page doesn't have any gameplay. It's only when you scroll past those five trailers can you actually see something in-game. There's no video in-game, and even the screenshots have no interface, right? But when the game is trying that much to hide the interface, the actual game, it's typically not a good sign. It's not good. It's so not good. if you're if you need something to do on Valentine's Day, uh, go ahead and play Nine Dragons. <laughs> if you want to meet that special someone. <laughs> if you want to be forever alone and cement your status as forever alone, <laughs> go download Nine Dragons. If you're trying to be a grand wizard, play Nine Dragons on Valentine's Day. Look, somebody out there found love in Nine Dragons. I guarantee no, it, right? I mean, I think it's fine to love Nine Dragons. If that's your game, if that's what you grew up playing, if that's the one, just like, um, you know, everyone, there's always someone who likes each game. There are some games I can't fathom why you like them, but Nine Dragons, I can understand. Like that guy who loved uh, RF Online, exactly. remember a couple weeks ago? He, he said he still maintains the best game ever. So I'm yeah. sure there are people that say Nine Dragons is the best game ever because it's probably, you know, their first uh, few MO experiences. 
Now that is always like anything mm -hmm. Derek Smart made. Then, <laughs> no, that's Derek. That those are Derek Smart's favorite games, Matt. Come on, right? That's true. There's always someone. I somehow the... doubt that he actually plays any of them. <laughs> hey, Gumbo, I just had a revelation. At least Online? one. Online. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I was thinking that too. At Go least ahead. somebody, one person, has read reviews we wrote. Where <laughs> are the police quotes? That's you know, I was thinking that I wasn't going to say anything. I was going to say, boy, it sure feels good to know that my <laughs> review was at least read. But I guarantee they just scrolled to the conclusion yep, yep, so yep, they could yep. pick out. They weren't going to read the whole thing. There's too much text there. And it's it's worth mentioning because we do have full reviews on MOS.com on our game pages. But it's pretty clear most of the people that come to our website, they, they read the overview. They read the pros and cons, right? Very few people read the entire full review. They'll scroll down to the final the score as well, right? But uh, it's nice to see that people. some people do read them, if anything, the people scouring for quotes to use. Yeah, somebody got paid like $14 an hour maybe to read my review. Feels <laughs> good, good, man. That's more than you got paid <laughs> to write the review. That's true. <laughs> that was back in the hustling days. <laughs> all right, that's enough. That's enough, Night Dragon. All right, all right. Let's, let, let, let's talk through a, a fun story. Please. Fun story, guys. This is... Again, we, we've mentioned stuff like this in the past before, but there's a university in Ohio, uh, a small private liberal arts university that officially added uh, an eSports program to their athletic program. So eSports is a part of their athletic curriculum now, and it's joining one of 30 other schools across the country to offer uh, eSports programs, which is pretty nuts. I mean, I feel like I was born at the wrong time, all right? I feel like I could have gotten a scholarship, or right? I'm, I'm, I don't claim I'll be pro. I, I don't think I, I have any potential to be pro. But in, out of high school, I think I would have had potential to, to get a scholarship <laughs> for one of these uh, schools to play on their athletic program, you know? Do you know what the, the next announcement was? <laughs> it was a letter sent to all the parents of the kids who go to school telling them that they're raising tuition by two grand so they can afford to build the, the buildings go. for their uh, esports teams Wow. the new stadium. You know, we Yo, actually— it's still worth— we got a buddy whose little brother uh, actually was offered a full ride at one of the University of California schools for a League of Legends scholarship. Wow. And here's the funny part. He turned it down. Yeah. And his name is Beautiful Korean in League of Legends. That's his in-game name. He streams once in a while. He's pretty, you know, decently well-known. He's, he's got an Esportspedia article about him. So you, you can show off the Beautiful Korean. I'll drop it in, uh, <laughs> in here. But he did turn that down. I, mean, I, nuts. I, I got a different book. Uh, bookmark uh, for beautiful Korean. It's not. It's not this. Oh, oh, you, 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 oh I see. You, you you finding some Korean uh, other other stuff over there? You know, I've never seen this kid. I know his brother, but I've never actually seen a picture of him. We're, we're good friends with his brother. Oh. But uh, yeah, he turned it down because he's his his words were, "Oh, the, the, the team there sucks dick. You know, I'll go to school for free, but the team there is actually really bad." So he said, if he went to the UC school where he got a free ride. Uh, he would get the free ride and benefit that way, but it would not further his esports career of wanting to be a, like a pro gamer, because even because that team is too bad to get good, so he wants to go to a different school where the team is better, but he's got to pay for it. So he is really putting his uh, esports ahead of his education. Okay, he knows his priorities. <laughs> I can respect that. I just, uh, <clears throat> I just can't wait for the calls where it's like, all right, so your school that your kids are too out of shape. What's going on here? We need to funnel more money into your athletics department. All right, guys. It's, uh, we can't funnel any more money into the athletics department. We're already spending 75% of our budget on the athletics department. Please just ease off. Okay, then what are you doing wrong? Maybe you should hire some new employees. 
Well, you see, the problem is it's all going into computers. <laughs> more money equals more computers and more snacks. <laughs> That's nuts. But yeah, I, I feel like, I really feel like if I, I wish I was kind of born like one gen, like before that, where like this, this shit just starts taking off. I wish I was kind of in high school now. And I feel like I would have had a lot more fun. And I, I probably would have, you know, enjoyed college a lot more. I mean, I did drop out, but I, I probably would have stayed longer if I could get that full full scholarship for esports. I'm still not sold on esports. I see it more as League, Counter-Strike, and Dota. It's not really an esports. <clears throat> it's not anything beyond that yet, I don't think. Call of Duty is a massive esport still. Really? Yeah, it's a it's a handful of games that are <clears throat> dominating it right now. But I, I mean, think Wargaming is really trying to get World of Tanks into the esports market. It doesn't work in America. They've For, been trying in America. Trying is I mean, one thing. Actually, like Heroes of the Storm is trying too, but it's not really working. I mean, my brother and I were actually kind of walking randomly towards like on you know it's on the street and we walked to one of the casinos to to get past it, and uh, we saw like, these these skippily clad ladies. Dressed in like uh, army uniforms, like like what's going on here, right? And they're holding out like signs, uh, war gaming grand championship, right, for World of Tanks, and they were literally giving out tickets to everyone for free because they couldn't fill the venue. So we're like, okay, cool, we'll go. Like we, we had no intention of going, but when you had to like, give out tickets to your venue for free, just on the street, typically you know you don't have too much uh, hype, at least in the West. I'm sure you got some stream viewers, but the actual like venue itself was kind of sad. It was filled with like, like the only people there were like the parents of the kids playing. And like, we were there because there's a free drawing at the end. We get a free computer, but we didn't win the computer, so we left. There was but like we one, were there until the draw. There was like one old guy there who was like a, a player, and he's just like, I can't compete with them, but I like watching the pros. You know, he's like, he's like yeah. chatting me up. He's like, Are you competing next? I like, I'm like, No, I'm just watching. <laughs> <laughs> it was still fun, you know, because it was free. Yeah, but they're trying. They're trying. What? Well, South was... Park told me that there's no such thing as fun and free. <laughs> I, I like the South Park free-to-play episode. It was fun. Never saw it. Oh, wow. All right. Speaking of people watching, guys, what about what about Faker streaming League of Legends, all right? How many? You guys got 250,000, well, 245,000 concurrent viewers in one shot. It in was 249. That's nuts. That's more than, like, most tournaments get. Like, how? Like, <laughs> I understood Faker was a big deal in the League of Legends community, but, like, that big of a deal? Holy crap. If only we got no. that many viewers, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we got we got 130. Maybe you guys settle. Maybe a lot of those views were fake. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> we got if we got you don't want that many viewers because this then we're going to have a website set up for us. It's going to be like <laughs> livemmos.com fact checking. You know how all through the like uh, the election they have those websites yeah. that's like go here right now and fact check everything Whoa. that he's saying. That'd be us. That would be us if we had But Matt, you forget. My facts come from within, all right? My facts come from within. From well, you know, soul, well, you right? don't, well, you didn't mention, Matt, was the fact that the guy who kept lying through his teeth won. So it, the fact checking clearly didn't matter. There you go. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. <clears throat> who, need, who, needs, who needs facts, guys, all right? Facts are whatever you want them to be at the time, all right? All right. When Speaking is alternative of... facts going to die as a meme? And we'll get not for real a, facts. Not for a while. For at least for eight years. All right. I'm not willing to accept that he's going to be president for eight years. Uh, you're venturing crossing the line. Crossing the line. It's... <laughs> Illusions are fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Speaking of revelations that Erhan was talking about earlier, right? We got some real revelations here for Revelation Online. Uh, the close the close beta got close beta three got extended to February 9th. 
And this is going to lead to some speculation time, guys, all right? The reason they, they extended the beta was because they said not enough players got to level 69 to explore the game's high-level content. All right, and that makes me think that the next round of beta is going to be open beta. <laughs> are, we, are, we, are we sure about that, though? I just feel like they wouldn't have extended it if, like, the next, was, next one wasn't going to be open beta. Because... I don't know. The no, last because... one was extended, too, I think, wasn't it? <clears throat> okay, here's my thing. Didn't they launch in China with, like, 99 levels? Yo, what is the deal with that? I hate when games pull that shit off. Like, they're launching in... Yeah, if they did launch in China with 99 levels, why the frick is level 69 max in the Western version? Well, it's not. It's the closed beta max. Alright, it's the closed beta max. That's true. That's only under the assumption that level 69 is the max, and they're doing the last test right now. I mean, that's only under that assumption, but I, I'm pretty sure they launched with 99 levels in China, and I saw somebody say something about that. What is the, sure. What was the max when you guys played during the uh, the first? 40? 40? 49. 49. They like their nines. Yeah, so I think yeah, they're just... 69. So then I think there will be another one. An actual... A max level one, maybe. like. But... Four rounds of Clovia, that seems like a push. I think I think after uh, three. Sky Saga? Sky Saga is in like 13 rounds of Alpha. That's different, right? But like four rounds of closed beta. I'm usually you guys, three that's still not the same thing. It's not oh. four rounds of closed beta. It's a version number. No, but no, they no, said no, no. it's Alpha in the email. They remember? said at some point they want to get into open beta, which means this is before beta. I didn't mean to stroll, man. I'm sorry, guys. It's a version number. No, we talked about this last time. It was in the email, Matt. It was in the email. Yeah, but it never goes offline. Closed betas like this, they change, they go down, and but they come th back up later. I have some speculation to bring us back on topic. Yeah. Uh, is the reason why the max level 69, because they, they just never finished translating the rest of the content? Probably. Well, that's, that's maybe. Happened, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, they didn't do a great job of getting it translated before they put it out the first time. I mean... I saw that, and I literally, like, the moment I loaded it up, and I saw Chinese and Russian text on the screen at the same time, I was like, what the fuck are you doing, my.com? There are still things that are not translated. I mean, it's playable, right? It's nowhere near. There are still things that are not translated in CBT3. Really? Like, uh, certain UI doing? elements as you browse the character sheet, like, one of them has to do with your PvP power, I think. Mm -hmm. I could check right now, actually, and I'll take a screenshot. But uh, yeah, it's it's still it's still not translated. But I don't get that. Like, listen, the interface should be the first thing that gets translated. Like, that is number one on the list. Like, how is that not done yet? Come on, there are there are literally every other game that's come out in the West has had almost everything translated by the time the first closed beta comes around. This is just yeah unbelievably dumb. Yeah, I it's mean, pretty nuts. If anything isn't translated in every other game, it's like end game content that they just left out because they didn't think anybody was going to make it anyways. Mm -hmm. I noticed I mean, the yeah. uh, hype train died down a lot for this game. Um, Do you see a lot, but, a lot less players online? Uh, difficult to tell. No, because you go into town and you see um, shops all over the place, like AFK yeah. shops or whatnot. So it's, it's hard to judge. And I typically turn other players off because I think it's too much of a clusterfuck. Yeah, right here. Honestly, I'll take though, a screenshot. Yeah. I think it's pretty nuts that, like, even doing three rounds of closed beta testing, you lose so much of the hype, right? I think hype is pretty important. But, like, you lose so much of that hype when you do three rounds of testing. Like, again, the first round of testing was insanely popular because everyone's curious about this game, right? 
And people are going to lose interest if you don't give them, if you keep wiping them and having to do three rounds of beta testing like that. Wow. Like, I don't know what they're thinking. One round of beta testing is enough, okay? And just, just after that, just get out there. One round of beta testing isn't even enough for four honors, so no, I don't think it's enough. I don't know. For me, fix it all in open beta, okay? I think the most important thing is get something out there that works. And you fix it as you go. I think as you're a... speaking purely from the consumer side of things, so not really, like, considering the implications behind that. Okay, Here, here's my take. Having anything untranslated, even in closed beta one, is unacceptable. Look at this. It's, not, it's just weird. Yeah, like one tab is They don't. They that's don't. Different. They don't need feedback on this. Like, uh, oh, really? I, I, I don't. I don't have to. You know, have a player comment to know that I shouldn't have a language people can't read in front of their screen. Like, I don't. I don't understand what. Okay, but that's not what Omer was saying. Well, that's a little separate. Yeah. I'm saying it just seems even like a bad business decision. I mean, I mean, obviously they should have a lot of it done in that first round of closed beta testing, but they're doing themselves, I think, a giant disservice to launch a closed beta that was so unfinished that they had to do a second one and a third one, right? If the first round of closed beta was a little bit more polished and they actually test what they wanted to test and get feedback, if you, the, the moment you do round two, round three, round four, players lose interest. Yep, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think I think there's even more players overall. I mean, obviously, the game, the way it was shaping up and the way the translations were done, they had to do a second one because they just weren't ready. So I think one round of closed beta testing that's more comprehensive and then boom, right to open beta. Ideally, just get something out there, fix it as it goes. And I understand it's not perfect, but people want to play. And don't let them play different games. You know, a lot of people that would have played Revelation might be playing something else now. You know, let them get hooked on your game. Mm -hmm. I, I still don't think you're just, I still just don't think you're looking at this from every angle. Are, are you assuming that they're doing it, the people that fail to translate things are doing it perfectly, their decision? I'm not saying the translation thing. I'm saying it takes more than one closed beta to get most things up and functional in a way that's not going to drive people off at launch. But, I mean, it depends how they roll it out. I'm sure there are games that have only done one round of closed beta that, that did fine, and there are games that did five, and then they did fine. You know, it goes either way, but I think ideally you have one round. Ideally, that one round is well, just ideally really well you wouldn't need one when it just, and it would just work. <laughs> there you go. That's, now, that's, that's not true. how the world works. <laughs> Plenty of games, I think, do it without three. Three is a stretch. I think one and two... You see, but you rarely see three rounds of closed beta testing. We're already into the realm of, you know, rare when you're doing three rounds of closed beta testing. If you look at the top games, none of them had these kind of yeah. repeated closed betas. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. Even a closed beta two isn't always common. I mean, mm -hmm. It was always closed beta one and then open beta usually. That's usually how it worked. Even the closed beta two was like an oddball too. We're seeing more more common now though with Moo Legend doing their closed beta two as well. We're speaking ideally. Ideally, we'd have as much viewers as Faker, too. All right? Ideally. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, hopefully Open Beta is around the corner. Uh, no word on that just yet, though. But I can't imagine them doing more than, like, if they do a closed beta 4, it'll be nuts. Have, I don't think it's going to happen. Have though. they promised Open Beta this year? I don't know what they promised, but I think, I think we'll definitely have it. Yeah, probably. I mean, already. And, uh, they cannot push this back anymore, in my opinion. All right. People saying half the features aren't in the game yet either. I mean, that, that's that's odd though. Like again, I think a lot of like even with Nixon and Rise Vicarus, it was a bit odd to have that unbelievably low level cap at launch. It was like level twenty. I think Matt and Aaron both got that level twenty cap pretty pretty easily. But having so hopefully they launch with enough content, right? I, I don't. I hate seeing giant gaps in content between the Chinese versions or the foreign version and the Western versions. But if they launch with all the half the features not in the game, that's gonna suck. Yeah. 
Revelation, guys. Speaking of Revelation. publishers and developers, uh, thirty developers, developers, developers. Next on, uh, next on is being abandoned by uh, Dirty uh, Bomb. Poor next on. And this is an interesting trend, actually. We've seen it several times so far. Atlantica Online is no longer with Nexon. Mm -hmm. um, well, they dropped that. A couple years yeah, ago. That was their decision. Yeah, I know. But Dungeon Fighter Online was uh, dropped or whatever. Not really. It was the, the company that's publishing uh, Dungeon Fighter Online is literally an internal studio owned by Nexon. Well, remember, Nexon Korea. And my point I was getting at is, is Nexon America struggling? Is there some operational issues there? And uh, I'm going to speculate no. yes. <laughs> No, Atlantica and Dra or, um, and Dragon Nest were both said to not be doing well. And Dragon Nest, yeah, that's another one right there. So I don't know. I think well, they're shedding games pretty quick over there at Nexon these days. No, no, I think I think I think it's fair to say they might they might be struggling. Why not? Mm -hmm. Because they specifically said that the games weren't doing well, and you look at population counts if you went into the games, and they were well, pretty low. Well, part of their uh, job as a publisher is to get people to play it. If they if they can't do that, then they're not doing that well. I mean, actually, I, I mean, I, we can look at this up objectively. I mean, they do we do we do cover Nexon's earnings when they publish them, and they break down their revenue by region, right? Mm -hmm. So we can see their U.S. revenue, and we can compare it quarter over quarter how it's been doing. They don't compare it on their own page, but we can look at data, which I'm going to pull up in a bit. But uh, they did say specifically, Nexon did say they wanted to uh, do a lot more business in America, so they're going to do a lot of acquisitions in America. So they're taking America seriously. They're not going to be pulling back. But it is odd to see that Splash Damage is like, nope, we're going to do this on our own. And this was a decision by uh, Splash Damage, the studio behind Dirty Bomb, rather than Nexon ditching them this time. Mm -hmm. Maybe they've seen a lot of other companies doing the independent thing and thought they could do it too. One of their big concerns, and a concern for players, I don't know if there are any in the chat, is hackers. Uh, so one of the first things they said is they're going to ditch the current anti-cheat and go with a more popular, well-known one called Easy Anti-Cheat. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess Nexon, and that's part of the job of the publisher, right? Kind of keep the hackers out, which they have been failing to do. I also have read the forums for War Rock, which is also published by Nexon now. And people make the same complaint that there are hackers running amok and Nexon either can't or is not capable of um, taking care of the hacker problem. All right. Actually, uh, to get to the numbers too, it looks like Nexon North America sales have increased um, five percent as reported, and twenty-five, twenty-four percent year over year with constant currency with currency adjustments in mind. So that's actually still a good, you know, a pretty giant leap. You know, twenty-four percent. So no, Nexon America is growing at least as of the last two years. Mm -hmm. They've been growing. So that's definitely good. They're doing well. I was wrong. Actually, a fun fact about uh, people that for splash damage, the guys that do the that that make uh, Dirty Bomb, if that's the game that, that they're separating with. Uh, obviously, Dirty Bomb itself is not going to really change too much. Uh, everything for players will be largely the same. Only thing that's going to change is the back end will be handled now by Splash Damage themselves. The developer actually is owned by the same the, the same Chinese studio that owns uh, Digital Extremes, which publishes Warframe. So both Warframe and uh, Dirty Bomb are owned by the same company now. Wow. VU Interactive. Crossover it's, event coming soon. Is that 100%? I, I wouldn't be surprised. Is that 100% or uh, a partial ownership? No, it should be 100%. Okay. They own 100% of Warframe as well, so. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty, you know what the good thing about the Chinese are? So far, they've been very hands-off. <laughs> whether, yes. whether it's Tencent with Riot or uh, Supercell or this, mm -hmm. com this, this, this chicken company with uh, Warframe 
or splash damage. They've been pretty hands off. So that's good. I think that yeah, that's hella smart. If they try micromanaging it, it's going to be a disaster. I think they realize that the companies that they buy typically know what they're doing. So the guys that own like Jagex do it. Another Chinese company. It's a Chinese real estate company owns Jagex, which is pretty nuts. Mm -hmm. But they're leaving them alone to do their own thing. You know. They must have read from good to great. You know that? Wow. You put people in the seat and you leave them the hell alone. Profit. Done. But what's right. nuts is how much they, they paid out, I think, about $170 million to buy splash damage. $170 bucks. That is a that's a good chunk of change. Uh, can we get some of that, please? Yeah, please. <laughs> Send us. Buy, buy me too. For, buy buy MMOs.com for $170 million, please. All right. All right. If you pay $100 million, the, we'll update Every your viewer gets a million dollars. All right. We got 130 viewers. Everyone gets a million. All right. <laughs> Boom. All right. We all get a million to each. And then we make it rain with the rest. All right. So, <laughs> in more company news, um, Crytek is still letting people go mm -hmm. because as they moved Warface over to my.com recently, which you guys may or may not know about. And mm -hmm. in the process, they let 15 employees from the former Warface publishing team go and then folded the rest of them into other projects. So, Crytek is still letting people go every chance they can get right now, which, I mean, they may be redundant because they had publishing duties and my.com took those over but they're they're insistent that most of the people that were involved in the publishing team have been folded into other things so that makes you mm -hmm. wonder if 15 were let go how many were in that publishing team if most of them stayed <laughs> blow uh, another speculation here i think crytek is getting itself ready for an acquisition and acquire would only be interested in their core engine technology, technology yeah uh, so they're kind of hiving away the useless stuff like the publishing arm um, there are other development arms overseas, like they let go a bunch of like studios in like Eastern Europe. Mm -hmm. So I think I think they're getting ready to make themselves a nice juicy morsel for somebody. Interestingly, they are still publishing Warface themselves in Turkey. Turkey. Yep. Hmm. There was a rumor that they got like a two hundred million dollar or five hundred million dollar like investment from the Turkish government to keep them afloat, but who knows? Also, I, I thought there was already speculation that Amazon bought them. Oh yeah, for the lumber yard thing. That's that, yeah, that, that's that's already... no. I don't think they bought them, but that, that's my speculation on who will buy them. Oh, you think Amazon will buy them? I think Amazon will buy Crytek eventually. Once they once they shed all the all yeah the, yeah all, all, the, all the useless stuff. Deal with. Yeah. <laughs> Possible. Uh, yeah, uh, their game Warface is being picked up by uh, my.com again. My.com is really pushing into uh, like all of a sudden we have. My.com going all out basically on Western releases because they're owned by Mail.ru and they publish a lot of games in Russia. But now they're picking up Warface. They're launching Cloud Pirates. So actually, that's a bit of news for Cloud Pirates too, worth mentioning. Cloud Pirates is rolling around uh, relatively soon. There should be a, a Steam early access coming in the next, I think, next week or so. Two but days. In, in two days. There you go. But yeah, and obviously Revelation as well. I think their biggest game is going to be Revelation. That's where they seem to be putting most of their... Uh, most of their efforts, because we don't hear too much about Cloud Pirates, even though that is a, almost like a firm release date, not well early access date, right? So, I think I think they're going all in on this revelation. So we're going to see how that does. <coughs> all right. Any other interesting stuff? What's our? What's I our? Thought, go ahead. Oh, I thought this was funny. Um, Jeff Kaplan pretty much came out against uh, the use of keyboards and mice on consoles, but because he wants 
He doesn't want people modding their consoles to use a keyboard and mice to play Overwatch because it creates an unfair advantage. And right now, both PlayStation 4 and Xbox don't support keyboard and mouse natively. You have to mod the consoles. So mm -hmm. basically, you know, top players are probably sitting there with the keyboard and mouse in front of their PS4, fucking shots uh, against players with their uh, with their controllers. I can't imagine what a feeling of power that is. <laughs> You're, you know, like trying to play against someone, and I'm just imagining um, like an FPS game. I know Overwatch isn't a straight up FPS, but the finesse of the mouse is far different than the uh, mm -hmm. controller. Uh, and I, I correct me if I'm wrong, right? Basically, unless the consoles themselves support keyboard and mouse, he doesn't want to see it happen. Yes, there are currently right? third party uh, mouse and keyboards that go through a weird adapter to be played online. Uh, and he says it's not fair because the average player might not know about these. Uh, so he's he's not he's not saying I don't want to allow it at all. He's just saying make, if the first party companies, you know, if Sony and Microsoft do allow it, I think they just want to sell mouse and keyboards for consoles. Right. Uh, at least that way it's a fair uh, match. But I think by you know, by saying it's not fair, the, the, well, it is clear that mouse and keyboards is a mass advantage. That's worth saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, mouse mm -hmm. and keyboards just. But I mean, people do play Call of Duty and stuff with 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 a controller for a long time and i'm sure some people swear that the controller is better don't you think no nobody says controller is no. better come on no the, you know, the thing is on the console versions uh including overwatch there's like an, a slight auto aim to help you mm. because, because, because the controller sucks so bad so that, that kind of compensates for it. the fact that I mean, it's not because it sucks it's because it doesn't have the same level of precision yeah potato potato <laughs> There you go, potato potato. It's like I'm a, I, I don't suck as a pilot. I just don't have the same precision when I land. You know? That is not the same what? thing at all. <laughs> I like that example. <laughs> I don't have the same precision when I land. You crash. It's just through a joystick and a way that you make it comfortable to use. It can't have the same precision as a mouse. Exactly. That sucks. It sucks at aiming. All right. There you go. It sucks at being precise. But I mean, I mean, I, I can't. I mean. It is unfortunate because I imagine all the top players, all of them, are using mouse and keyboard. So, uh, can they fix this? Can they disable? Like, if no. they want it, can they no. disable it? No, the, no, can't. The no, because it it emulates oh. the yeah. input. It's going the, through uh, the same input. Controller. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Could they ban people? <laughs> it, can Overwatch actually ban people for cheating, or is it just PSN and stuff that can do that? I think they can ban people. I have no idea. It doesn't have to be for cheating. They can just. They, I think they can just ban it for. They can just claim it's like harassment or. Yeah, but but is that in, is, is it their like, is it their mission to do that, or do they leave a PSN to do that? I'm curious. I don't know. That's I have why. No, no idea. I think they do it. I don't think PSN would police all these little games. You know, they don't want it. It's too much work. But can you get banned specifically from one game then? Probably. On, on console. I think so. <laughs> and here's I what I mean. Because, yeah. I think so only because there's no way Sony is gonna sign up to yeah. police like uh, Bejeweled, game, Bejeweled right. competitive multiplayer three. You know, like. Yeah, that's true. Well, who am I gonna submit claims to? Like, they're not gonna deal with that. That's true. Because I mean, you don't really hear about people getting banned on consoles, right? Like I never hear about people getting banned on consoles for cheating. Really? I heard about I that hear back PC in, all the time. On Halo days, I used to hear about that. Mm. Yeah. All right. I, I don't follow my console gaming too much, unfortunately. And uh, I know this is a bit late, but I mean, I kind of wanted to bring up very briefly what we did play this week. So actually, my brother <laughs> and I have both been playing Tales of... Bursaria, Bursia, this last week, the new Tales game. Bursaria? So, is it Bursaria? Bursaria. Bursaria. It's Bursaria. Bursaria. I am awful at pronouncing, but uh, 
I, I've, I've been a fan of the Tales series for a while. My favorite in the series still is Vesperia. Anyone play that, they'll probably agree with me. But uh, I'm enjoying it so far. We're like eight hours in only. And we kind of make it a ritual to play every new Tales game as it comes out. But yeah, we're having a lot of fun with that so far. What about you two? Anything anything fun this week? I played the shit out of Dishonored and I finally finished Dishonored 2. Yeah, so I finally finished Dishonored 2. The first one was like one of my top 10 games of all time because it's just pure fun. I know a lot of people are looking at it like, but Thief is better! And I'm like, no. It's not as pure fun. So Dishonored is pretty fun. I, I love the steampunk aesthetic to it, like the dark steampunk aesthetic. Um, and it's just... There's nothing that compares to, like, getting into a situation that really sucks, getting yourself killed, then going back and mm -hmm. taking them all out with, like, the perfect use of powers and gadgets at the same time and just doing it in, like, seconds the second time around because you know where this person is, this person is. It's just so much fun to me. But, um, mm -hmm. yeah, if if any of you guys have ever played the first one... um and you really liked it, definitely get the second one. The second mm -hmm. one takes everything about the first one and makes it better. It refined everything, and it just it feels so much better. Awesome. I'm sure it looks great on your new PC, too. I've seen the trailers. Yeah. The game looks gorgeous. Yeah, it is gorgeous. Except for people's faces. Cat likes to point that out. <laughs> what are you, Gumby? Anything besides Conan Exiles? No, I'm boring. No. I, I've, I've, seen, I've seen Gumby on Conan Exiles uh, quite a bit. I think out of the crew, I think Chaos Shield, Gumby, me, Merch, and a few of the other people on the MOS Discord have been playing a lot of Conan Exiles. I mean, I like, actually, every... uh, I just hit 30. You hit 30? Oh, level 30? Yeah. Did you really? Yeah, I really did. Holy crap, Gumby, you're a beast. What, uh, are your hours in, I... what are your hours in the game? Did you find like a great spot to farm or something? I found a great farming spot. All right, you got to tell me later. Cause... I'll tell you later. Well, we were in a clan together, so. Yeah. I got 49 hours into the game. Some of that was AFK, but I mean, most of that was me playing. I'm only level 22 or 23 right now. Yeah, I uh, I still really enjoy the game, but I also still hold, uh, if you don't like survival games and you never played an early access survival game, don't get it. Uh, yes. They made their money, so you don't, you know, I would wait. Wait till it's all polished and refined. Still a bunch of bugs work out. But as a veteran early access survival player, I'm really enjoying myself. So and... Um, yeah, I I can't complain. It's fair to say you survived early access then. <laughs> this, is going, this is going to be the worst podcast ever. By the way, the number of podcasts. <laughs> All right, I think we're running out of steam here. Uh, we'll call it for YouTube unless you guys got anything else. The ongoing uh, it's, it's the ongoing survival, Gumby. It's not just now. There's still rubber banding and issues with the lag, but yeah, it's it's we're surviving. You know what? I'm, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna bitch more um, about the servers and after show after you after we're done with. All right, save uh, for the I after wanna, show. I want to add one last weird note because this has to be mentioned because it's just so incredibly out there. Right. We didn't mention that RuneScape now has a murder mystery on oh, Amazon yeah. Alexa devices. Uh, yeah, I did read about that. That is Shout cool. Out to RuneScape. Yeah. And it actually okay. So here's the thing about it: it uses Alexa's kind of like machine learning thing to alter the gameplay, the way that you play it, and that's kind of cool. I don't know how it works. I don't even. I've never even used an Alexa device, so I have no idea how that shit works. But it is one of the weirdest franchise extensions that I have ever heard of. I just, I I don't get it, but I'm sure it's it's so cool. I've seen videos I've heard, of it. It sounds legit. Yeah, I've heard that out of everything that RuneScape does, like the quests are one of the best things. 
So I imagine that this is great. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's really yeah. it's really creative. Um, we don't often give shout outs to RuneScape, but RuneScape, you done did it. You you created something I never would have imagined. You know, if I had an Amazon Alexa device, I'd check that out because I've seen the YouTube videos and like the story. It's just basically an interactive story. It's like one of those like you know, it tells you a story and it's what do you want to do? You know, you have like a few options and then whatever you pick, it keeps telling the story from that perspective. It's almost like a choose your adventure novel, kind of being read out loud to you in a, like an ebook form, like a, not ebook, audiobook form. I think voice recognition is finally getting there. Happening. It's going to be the biggest. Yeah. Of the next 10 years, the new biggest thing, right, is going to be voice recognition that works, I think. Yeah. VR. AI that actually knows what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and in fact, I'm going to say the only good thing to come out of, only I should say the only real thing to come out of AI in the next 30 years is going to be voice recognition that works. Yes. Voice as an interface will be the big thing. All right. With that, uh, we have to go. But we will actually not go. We'll still be here for after show. Take it right, easy. Later, you too. See ya. Take care.